seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, you've never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Video Nasty's podcast. My name is Christopher Brown. What I want to do today when I'm talking about Dawn of the Dead is not do like a history of the film or go into um, how it sits with George Romero's canon and his kind of journey as a filmmaker. Um, I've done a, a last horror podcast uh, which focuses all, a, on all of George Romero's work, but there is a, a Dawn of the Dead episode in that. Also, if you want to know a bit about how the film was made, um, the uh, feature-length documentary Document of the Dead, uh, which is available on uh, various um, box sets of the film, is is as good as you know is a, is very good testament to that to that film. Um, if you've got an interest in in the movie generally, um, I'd probably say that uh, the well. One of the many different versions to, to get of it, the, the film will, will probably cover you various um, the, the free cuts of the film and also the um, all the different uh, extras. So there's um, the second sight uh, Blu-ray and 4K Blu-ray, um, which is available in a quite expensive box, but also is coming out in March in a in a slimmer form, which is just the discs, which will cover and sate your entire appetite for understanding about Dawn of the Dead. And it wouldn't be possible, really, to just do a 25-minute podcast just about that. Uh, it would go on for quite a while. And as I'm, I'm sure you're more than aware, there are plenty of podcasts that do deep dive into Romero's life, his career, and also into Dawn of the Dead specifically, because it's such a classic cult film. So what I want to do today is discuss the different versions of the film and then just really talk about the censorship of the movie. To be honest with you, it makes sense considering that, um, you know, Video Nasty podcast, I suppose, is, is entirely about censorship in a, in a, in a, in a way. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like one of the cornerstones of the, of, of, of what it is. And I think it's a strange one because, um, now looking back with its, you know, luxury box sets and 4K scans and its, um, general, uh, reputation as being a movie that is, you know, a classic and a very fo- formative in the jo- zombie cre- creation. The, the, the movie itself, obviously, you know, has um, quite a checkered history with, with edits, and um, and there's enough to go up there certainly, um, and some maddening stuff in terms of specifically and and really only the the UK version is what we're going to talk about today for it for its censorship, a movie that. Um, was butchered on its release uh, initially, and only really in the 21st century kind of um, was allowed to be really kind of uh, shown in, in, in its full uncut glory. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Not that room! Not that room! George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. 
this situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the dead. Meet me on the roof at nine o'clock. Get out. I don't believe We're it. We're gonna what? get out in the chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food. They eat their victims. Imagine, if you will, that something has gone terribly wrong. Shoot man. Now, except the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences, George Romero brings back the dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. We must not be lulled by the concept that these are our family members or our friends. They are not. They will not respond to such emotions. Operator dead. Post abandoned. They never get out of the room. It's everywhere. What the hell is it? Looks like a shopping center. One of those big indoor malls. What are they doing? Why do they come here? Some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their lives. We've got a war. I'm afraid. We have spawned our own savagery. Soon, it will consume us all. It is a horrible, hauntingly accurate vision of the mindless excesses of a society gone mad. Destroyed on sight. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. We are down to the line, folks. We are down to the line. Dawn of the dead. So, first of all, what are we talking about? George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead from 1978 is... Um, a renowned um, zombie movie, his sequel to Night the Living Dead, which is a film we've already discussed. Um, a film that is uh, specifically around um, a zombie apocalypse where a group of uh, people who are running away from the horrors of the uh, the infection, it's um, the, the unknown um, kind of reasons why to them, of why there's a, as the dead arising from their graves and attacking the living. And uh, they find refuge in a shopping centre. And that shopping centre um, is uh, becomes uh, a refuge and a bit of a prison as they surround themselves and cushion themselves in, um, in, com- in capital, well, capitalist trappings and commercialism and um, hide away from, from the, the horrors of the outside world. Um so Romero if Night the Living Dead was almost like accidentally um a powerful political film um by the time Romero you know nearly 10 years later comes to dawn he instinctively decides to um create a film that reflects how he sees modern society um sometimes in a in a heavy-handed way you know the zombies Mulling around the mall feels a bit hammer on head, you know, nail hammer on nail at the moment. A bit, 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 bit obvious perhaps to our to our modern eyes, but also um, 
as I say, the more, um, you know, like, well, I like the, like an Adam Curtis kind of idea that mod society teaches itself a lie and a, um, an intellectual kind of story to cushion itself from the swirling, uh, mass of, um, chaos outside in the world and um, the fact that, you know, we, we have very little control on anything. Um, I, you know, we generate a system that we believe is, you know, the right way to do things and we'll come off with success um, because the, the alternative probably is a little too harsh and also that those structures can be influenced by external bad forces. And at any point, exterior bad actors can arrive and, and rip the fabric of that story apart. So not just about zombies walking around the shopping mall, I think it's fair to say. Filmed at the Monroe Mall in uh, Monroeville in uh, Pennsylvania, um, Romero had got some money uh, as a co-production with his uh, producer, Richard Rubenstein, from Dario Gento, um, with a deal that would say that they would have English language rights and he would have um, non-English language, international release rights for the film. So it was um, released uh, as an X um, and as we, of the fact we're talking about now, was uh, potentially could have the possibility to be seized as a video nasty in the UK. The film um, was uh, suffered from a numerous cuts over the time. So first off, let's go through the fact that when we talk about Dawn of the Dead, we're actually talking about... Um, well, the version we're going to be talking about is the, the edits to the US theatrical version, but I suppose we should talk around the different versions first. So there are effectively three cuts of the film. The US theatrical, which runs at 127 minutes, which is Romero's definitive, that's the one cut, uh, which was released in America in 1979. Um, it features library music and Goblin soundtrack. Then there's the non-English language version, effectively, which is Dario Gento's cut, which was released under the title Zombie. Runs at 118 minutes. It takes out some of the humour and emphasises the violence and uses more of Goblin's music. And then there's a version that um, became quite popular in the UK in the late 90s and early noughties. Um, which is the extended cut. So this was a, a work cut. It was sold as a director's cut in the UK at that point, but it wasn't. Runs at a more excessive 139 minutes, and that was the print that was taken to Cannes. Doesn't include any Goblin soundtrack because it wasn't ready at this point, and it's all library music. And it's a different beast in the fact that you don't, if you, if you, you know, the, the preferred cut is the shorter version, the theatrical cut. But the extended cut shows has more. You spend more time with the characters, and the library music kind of gives it a slit, a certain different kind of feel as well. It's a, um, it's an interesting version for the, of the film. Um, certainly, you know, if you're going to watch a version of Dawn of the Dead, and you're only going to watch one, watch the version that Romero wants you to watch, which is the theatrical. But uh, but uh, certainly for myself, it was this extended cut, which was my introduction to, to to the movie and to Romero's work generally. I think, or maybe not. Actually, maybe it was night, but it doesn't matter. But um, but certainly, you know, this film had a, a strong impact on me. Um, what's notable when you go back to it now is that 
uh, it feels constrained by its uh, by its costs and by you know its its ambitions. So it wants to be big, you know. What I mean, there's a lot. There's helicopter shots. There's there's like people and um, milling around. It stretches budget to 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 breaking point. There is there are armies of zombies running around. A lot of which are just the same actors, you know, used again and again and again because you know for the for the, prob- the problems they have, they can't get that many extras. And um, it was filmed in a in a, in, a, in a mall that was being used at the time, so it was all done at night. So it has this kind of eerie, ethereal quality to it for a lot of the indoor scenes. And um, you know, there's no natural daylight because there is no natural daylight they could use. Um, and the a lot of the makeup, you know, some of the close-up work is quite known. You know, it's quite quite renowned. Obviously, there's a the, we're talking about a Tom Savini film. We've talked about Tom Savini's work before. Um, with, uh, you know, the, the, the machete kill, which goes through his head. And also, um, the work with, um, you know, so for example, the helicopter blade zombie or the, you know, the, 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 the guy in the, um, who gets shot, um, who's used a lot of times on the cover of the poster with his kind of rotten face, um, that, that kind of stuff. But a lot of the zombies are basically just people, extras painted blue and then thrown onto the, to the, uh, to, 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 to the mall and doing that jilted, I'm a monster walk, which, um, seems to be infectious with zombies. They're trying to obviously replicate what Rigamortis would look like. Um, but obviously, you know, when it's a horror film and it's a zombie movie, Rigamortis is not helpful when you're actually attacking people. So they tend to just kind of jiltedly walk towards people and then suddenly when, you know, animate into into a monster but uh, into like a clawing monster that all said um, you know it's purely for, from my own point of view I and maybe this is because the director's cut but uh, sorry the extended cut but um, if you do feel like you're submerged in this in this rather weird airy world and you feel you're on that journey with those characters and um Although some people, I think there's, there's, a, there's a real, more recently there's been a lot of people saying this is a you know this is a long people saying oh it's a bit too long or it's quite slow and you know it's quite ponderous. I think you know there's a lot of films since Dawn of the Dead, including the remake, that have cribbed heavily from Dawn of the Dead. So um, whereas Night of the Living Dead kind of generated some interest, Dawn of the Dead created you know. Sub, sub, you know, loads of spin-offs, unofficial sequels. You know, Romero himself went off and made another four zombie films off the back of this film, um, and the success of it. Um, you know, it set a template for a lot of stuff, including The Walking Dead, which you know, um, that 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 comic book series and that um, TV show, and that template is very simple. Uh, you're introduced to the survivors. They journey somewhere. They find somewhere they think is, is sanctuary. And then that book, they create a world within that, that sanctuary. And then the bubble is pierced by uh, a threat from outside. And that is the model of a lot of zombie movies. So, you know, is it, is, is Dawn of the, the best version of that story? Potentially not. But, um, but it's certainly, you know, uh, you know the film that made that template for that story, and uh, uh, a problem with zombie movies generally is um, for a long period of time was that they couldn't break away from that mold, you know, that post-apocalyptic mold. Right, so that's um, that's your intros to to the film. <laughs> Let's get involved with what what the movie was um, about.
in terms of um, cuts. <laughs> right, so the move, the Dawn of the Dead in the UK, uh, the now we're going to talk about what is effectively the US theatrical version here, had some absolutely brutal cuts over, over the years. So it was um, submitted to the BBFC on June in 1979, uh, seven months after the film was released and rated in the US. And it already had um, a degree of notoriety. Um, a, that it was grisly and gruesome. Uh, and also that there'd, um, even two trailers that had been submitted had both been cut. So they were either ready to cut the trailers of the film. So the movie was seen by six examiners and then director of the BBFC, James Furman, a person we have spoken about in the past, um, back in the back, probably in season one, more, more than season two, I have to say, but you know, we have spoken about James. Um, so this is the BBFC case study on this film actually says that the examiners disliked the movie, which is fascinating because it's irrelevant. <laughs> like, fucking who cares what you think about the film? I watch lots of films I don't particularly enjoy watching, but you know, I don't make a big fucking song that dance about it. But I think what's interesting when you look at some of the, um, when you go into the arc, BBFC archives and you see what the, they've written. Sometimes what they say, you know, it's come from a love of film, certainly. But uh, it makes me uncomfortable when they say, you know, this is a good film or this shows certain artistry as a filmmaker. Now, I can understand why uh, a, a censor may may put some of their personality because, you know, they, they enjoy their job and they, and they, they want to tell other, other censors about the film, I suppose, in these internal documents. But at the same time, the quality of the film should not matter. But indeed, at this point, it possibly did. Indeed, with Thurman and the team, they discussed how the film worked in its own morality. So how sentient are the zombies? Are they unfeeling? Is the fact that the violence is going towards what effectively are reanimated corpses better or worse? Does it dehumanise the violence more because these are zombies rather than people? And does that make it worse? So one examiner turns around and says, the film is so gory and glorifies violence to such an extreme that I can't watch it. And he excludes himself from further screenings and doesn't want to have anything to do with it. So Fairman agrees that the 125 version, this theatrical cut, wouldn't has to be cut before it gets released to the general public. So the... Um, and they give advice. So the distributor goes away, comes back... And there are 55 separate cuts, which equals 2 minutes and 17 seconds. And they've tried to salami slice as much of the violence out as they can to kind of maintain the, the structure and work of the piece. And these include exactly what you'd imagine they would include. The, 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 the shooting of the children zombies, the, um, the, the shetty in the head, and um, that zombie head exploding as well. So it comes in, the examiners look at it and they're still on an R and, and Sverman turns around and says, right, I think there's another minute and a half where I say one minute 29 that needs to go to this gory detail before we can pass it. Now Target International Pictures start panicking because they don't think they're going to get a, a release date, a, a, a certificate for this before it hits the London Film Festival, which is when it needs to hit. So Fairman turns around and says, we've got an editor. We can cut it so it works. So the BBFC's in-house editor creates a version of the film, right? And he says, that is, the version we have edited for you is an X. 
So this is, I'm just going to read you the bit from the case study. So in September 1979, Furman wrote to the distributor, exclaimed that, in brackets, a tour de force of virtuoso editing has transformed this potential reject from a disgusting and desensitizing wallow in the ghoulish details of violence and horror to a strong but more conventional action piece. The cutting is not only skillful, but creative. And I think it has actually improved a number of the sequences by making the audience notice the emotions of the characters and the horror of the situation instead of being dead to, dead, deadened by blood and gore. Film comes in about 120-20 seconds for, for, for cinema, and that is the version that goes out, and is the version that is then put on video and seized by police, but not prosecuted, almost certainly because it is not the uncut version. So the movie comes in for VHS at this point, and um, in 1989, post-BBFC, uh, we're no longer the British Board of Film Censors, but of course the British Board of Film Certification. And gets another 12 seconds cut out of it. <laughs> to scenes of zombie dismemberment and cannibalism. So we're looking at an incredible decision, really. But the reasoning behind that was, as we've spoken about before, that because the film is available on VHS, it is to, you know, it can be, you know, rewound, fast forwarded, paused. And so, you know, it has more reason why it could cause harm. So those 12 seconds have got to be cut as well. So these trims were real salami slices. So let's go through the edits just for this bit, for, for the two bits, right? So the 78 VHS version includes cuts to the woman, the woman having a shoulder bitten in the SWAT team raid, the exploding head in the SWAT team um, scenes. Uh, a, a zombie biting an arm, the screwdriver uh, shot in the um, in the shopping centre, Roger shooting at some zombies, um, a zombie being seen through the sights of a rifle, the the Savini um, being knocked off his bike and then having the, the machete buried in his head, um, the um, Savini attacking a zombie while he's before he gets uh, bitten. Um, the blood pressure machine scene, uh, a lot of the biker getting his insides pulled out, and then Stephen's death in the elevator. Painful, to be honest with you, but apparently this is a considerably better film at this point, according to Furman. Then we go to the VHS, and these are this is 12 seconds, and there's quite a bit of this, so that's just kind of, it's real, like, very small shots, screened, then frames to kind of get it in. A few frames of a shooting of a woman, the female zombie of the SWAT raid, um, Again, with the the bite in the arm, um, a couple more uh, frames to one of the female zombies, blood splatter from Roger as he moves the truck, um, zombie cleans around the truck, scenes the you know the bit when they're trying to close off the the mall, um, a zombie pressing his finger into Roger's bandit's leg, and to, to, which obviously just leads up to the bit that is death, and a zombie being shot in the head as the bank the the bikers enter that mall. So that is. All the cuts, it comes in at just under four minutes of the film that's been removed at this point. Creepy. Yeah, just grim. So, um, and that's how it stays until the mid-90s. So in 1997, it gets picked up by a new distributor, BMG, who go, and they decide to submit the can edit, so this extended edit, all of it uncut, 139, with a view that surely they'll get more past them now. So the BBFC agrees, 
and says, yeah, we can get, we can get a lot more, you know, we are absolutely great about this, but we're still going to cut some stuff out. So there was six seconds of cuts at this point for this version of the film. So this is the extended cut and that comes in with, uh, in 1997 is the woman having a shoulder blade bit in the SWAT team, the, the head, the, the guy having his head blown off and Peter shooting two zombie children in the petrol station was cut down slightly. So that's the six seconds. And it only gets, um, so that's, that's, that's that. And when you compare it to, um, other films that were getting released at the time, I mean, it's not that surprising, is it? But, um, it's only one we get past the change in, in, in BBFC guidelines in the year 2000, which of course, as we know, um, really lots of films got released all at the same time, including films like Chester with Chainsaw Massacre and The Exorcist getting a, a proper video release for the first time. When, obviously, when you sit Dawn of the Dead next to films like 28 Days Later, House of Thousand Corpses, it's not surprising that the film was then released uncut finally and uh, got released in, um, well, at the time, wasn't that good a, so, uh, good a release. So it kind of got a, a BMG released it as a DVD, R2. I think it might have even been in Pan and Scad. Um, it's only when we got to the Arrow box sets in 2010 that we kind of saw... Uh, a more loving release of the film in the UK. All three versions of the movie and also um, some documentaries. And that, so when you think about it, it's only 10 years ago, you know? And then finally we get this fantastic Second Sight Limited Edition box set with the book and the soundtrack and it's all very pretty and we're going to get a, a bare bones version of the film, uh, which I see bare bones, all three versions of the movie, you know, fantastic. And uh, for, 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 a, you know, for like 30 quid rather than like 80 or think or whatever that box set was in the end. I do find it fascinating when people kind of say, oh, you know, the thing about Dawn of the Dead is it's a bit long and boring. <laughs> but, um, because I, I, I'm not gonna, you know, you may think that, and I'm absolutely happy for you to think that that's grand. But uh, the act, when you think about the amount of effort it's beat has been created to make the film more tame in the past, because it's so violent, and I think you know Romero in some of the interviews does kind of say like, you know, he he did want to kind of create a an ongoing feeling of permeating violence, and it it to almost kind of get the, the audience ready for when the really grisly stuff comes along. And that could easily be argued that that is effectively trying to desensitize the audience to gore. And that is exactly what Roger Furman does not want people to do. Uh, so maybe it's not that surprising, therefore, that the film has its um, bumpy road to the to, to its uh, final uh, resting place of being, you know, the loving lovely box sets and all that kind of stuff these days. I mean, the Dawn of the Dead, um, I mean, the things, zombie films are an industry, but I don't think very few films, unless you're talking about like Friday the 13th or, 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 or the, you know, Freddy Krueger or Halloween have so much merch around it. You know, I've got, Dawn of the Dead playing cards in my house. And so there's, so there's, 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 there's tons of stuff. And again, we look at like, you know, we look at that, um, Goblin soundtrack, um, and that, that vinyl release. So Waxwood did a, a release last summer of a two disc beautiful set, which now reaches around 140, you know, as a limited release. And that's now reaching like prices of like 150 pounds, um, to, to try and buy it to, to get un- unopened. So, I mean, there's there's a passion and a love for this film which is uh, far exceeds what uh, I think Fern would probably feel was, was quite a grubby and potentially rejectable film at the time. 
And uh, on a personal point of view, obviously, I think one that has something far more to say than just, oh, don't everyone look a bit dumb when they go around the shopping centre. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. Dawn of the Dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. If you want to get hold of me, please do. Um, my email address is vigianassispodcast.gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter at, at orange underscore monkey. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to be talking about Canucksploitation film Death Weekend from 1974. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, a little, a little, a little, but back to a slightly more obscure fear. Uh, but we're kind of getting closer and closer to, uh, to getting everything covered now, I think. Anyway, until then, take care and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, You've never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.